This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. <laughs> Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. it for the end zone. Caught by Kelsey on a slant. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jake Kittleman, a three for the tie. Off the backboard, it's gone. Jake Kittleman makes it in. Everything happening in the sports world. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, I feel I just feel like death warmed over today. <laughs> I really do. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, and the guy who has figured out his golf game, (laughs) Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, did you intentionally wear Virginia Cavalier orange today in celebration of their national championship? No, I wore a shirt that goes best with the pants I wear. The khaki shorts you've got on. Yeah. Orange shirt. You look like a Cavalier, Steve. Well, it, was, it wasn't intentional, but uh, if so, I'm showing my Virginia victory colors. Do you know what a Cavalier is? Probably somebody that's, you know, a swashbuckler. What is that? A swashbuckler? Yeah, what's a swashbuckler? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know what a I not really sure what a cavalier is. I think a cavalier is kind of like a swordsman. A, a, yeah, a fighter, a, sword, yeah. a swordsman, yeah. kind of like Zorro. Yeah, that's what similar I was, to a red raider in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's because I think when you see their logo, there's a sword in there somewhere for sure. Yeah. Well, Steve, it was an enjoyable national championship game last night. I feel like your mindset going into the game was not a very positive mindset. I think you had the feeling that this was going to be a really slow-paced, boring, uninteresting... match. I thought it was going to be a wrestling match. I think your thought was that this was going to be about a 10-point Virginia lead the entire game, where it really wasn't that big of a margin, but with the way that these two teams play and the defense that they play, that it was never really going to be close. Am I close with the way that you thought this game was going to be? Oh, I thought it'd be close, but uh, I thought Virginia... You know, from the I thought Virginia was the better team going in. There was no question in my mind. They were the more rounded team. Had a really good uh, defensive guy in the middle. Had three great perimeter players and Hunter, Guy, and Jerome. And uh, I just didn't feel like Texas Tech was going to be able to score inside enough. And they really didn't score. They didn't do much of anything. They didn't inside. do much. Yeah, they did very little inside. And if it hadn't been for a couple of backups off the bench, this might have been a fifteen or twenty point game. But a very exciting game, and the last 10 or 12 minutes of this game, I thought were really, really good. It was very well-played basketball, and Virginia, for some reason with the way that they play, they'll get up ahead by 8 or 10, and I feel like it happened every game they played in the tournament. They're up by 8 or 10, then they try to 
slow things down offensively, and you've got Ty Jerome dribbling up there for the first 25 seconds of the shot clock, then he takes a bad shot and the other team comes down and puts up an 8-0 run and they're back in it, it feels like they've done that every single game. Exactly. And it happened again. Yeah. And they, they let Texas Tech when they back get, in. When they get up 10, it's like all they're trying to do is milk the clock. Burn then, 30 seconds and, and maybe then, make a shot. Yeah, and hope to make a shot. So uh, we've seen this time and again from Virginia, but I felt like Virginia was a team that was touched by an angel because they they shouldn't have beat Purdue. Purdue had them beat. Auburn had them beat. They shouldn't have beat Auburn. Yeah, should not beat Auburn. I mean that that's the game. What Auburn or Virginia scored what five points in the final eight seconds? Six points, I think, in the final seven or eight. Yeah, seconds. Yeah, six points in the final seven seconds. So they were lucky to even be in. I felt like after they won those two games, there was no way they were going to lose. They were they were destined to win the championship. Well, they were put in that situation again last night too, where they were down by four or they were down by three with. 15 seconds left, and they have the ball. And maybe the thing that impressed me the most about Virginia is that in those moments, it felt like they never panicked. There are a lot of teams that when you know you need a three or you know you need points in order to have a chance and time is winding down, you're trying to get the quickest shot you can, that you panic a little bit. And Virginia never seemed to panic. They got into the overtime. There was never a moment of panic. They went to the free throw line, I think, 12 times and were 12 for 12 from the line in overtime. And it was a really, really good championship game. The first one that had been to overtime since KU beat Memphis back That's in 2008. Right. Super Mario. So I was very pleased with the way this game played out. And there was this energy and this, and this vibe from people thinking that this was going to be a terrible championship game. But once we got to the Elite Eight, through the Sweet 16 and into the Elite Eight, pretty much every game that was played in this tournament was a good game. It really was. And to me, it showed the parity of college basketball. The most Duke was the most talented team. I don't think anybody will argue with that. They had the best individual players, but they didn't play as a team like Virginia or Texas Tech. And, or uh, even Michigan State. Yeah, so that's what really did Duke in is uh, – you know, they, they, they were good individuals, but they weren't a good team. And what a story this championship run is for the Virginia Cavaliers. And to think back to what a, a year and two weeks ago right? when Virginia, in the opening round of the tournament, as the number one seed, after having about as impressive of a season as you could have, turns around, loses to UMBC. And that's University of Maryland, Baltimore County. The Retrievers. Yeah. And they didn't just lose. They lost by 20. They didn't just become the first NCAA tournament number one seed to lose to a 16 seed. They were embarrassed by a 16 seed. And I can remember watching Coach Tony Bennett in a lot of the post-game press conferences that night, and they were almost jokingly saying, well... It was just not our night, mm-hmm. and and we're okay with that. Credit to UMBC, but we were not ready to go tonight, and I hope this isn't an indication of what this team was, but what a story. And maybe when we look back on this in 10 or 15, 20 years, we'll look back at this at one of the greatest turnaround stories, not only in college basketball history, in college sports, in sports in general, to go from the absolute lowest of lows, right, being the first team to ever 
lose to a 16 seed. And see, I always thought that was going to be KU. That always... And there were a lot of KU fans that were afraid of that. I was. I was one because I always... Because that first game, they always seemed like they scudded it out when when they were a 1 or a 2 against a 16 and a 15. And UMBC was not your typical 16 seed either. They were not some great team in a conference that happened to just be one of the 16 seeds. This was not the fourth-seeded number one seed losing to a really good 16 seed. This was a bad 16 seed. UMBC, they got lucky to even make the tournament because they were not expected to win their conference tournament. They had to upset, I believe it was, Vermont on the road to even have a chance to be there. exactly. And to be embarrassed by that team, turn around, do what they did again in the ACC this year with teams like Duke, with Zion Williamson, with R.J. Barrett, with Cam Reddish, with Trey Jones, all these big names. Then to also have to beat North Carolina. Then to also have to beat... Teams across the state like Virginia Tech and Buzz Williams with their team getting better and better and better. And going through the ACC with the resume that they've had the last two years and be able to turn things around, be motivated all year, play their brand of basketball, and never move away from their brand of basketball. Virginia's stuck with what they do. They play defense. They lock you down. They play defense. They are still a pretty good offensive team. Yeah. They play defense. They've got three. And that's what they do. They've got three really talented offensive players, though, because I really like Jerome, Ty Jerome's game. Oh, yeah. He's he's, he's really, he's, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. Hunter's a really good athlete. And then Jeff Guy, is it Jeff Guy? Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy. Um, tremendous clutch player. He's just a really clutch player. I've got a really good friend who is a huge Purdue Boilermaker fan. He's from the state of Indiana, and he gets very upset when talking about Kyle Guy because he was Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana and left Indiana. He didn't go to IU. He didn't go to Purdue. He didn't go to Indiana State. He left, Mm -hmm. and he went to Virginia, and he said, how in the heck did that guy ever get out of the state of Indiana? Well, he's really, really good and was named the tournament's most outstanding player, but this turnaround... With this team, the way that they play, the style that they play, and really just their personality as a team, for them to have not wavered, continue to do what they do, and make it all the way to the championship game, and be pushed in the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and in the title game, and win the way they did is so impressive. They've got a template, and they don't deviate from that template. I mean, they're either going to win with that template, they're not going to make really any adjustments, they're gonna just if they they're gonna play their style and if they win they win if they don't they don't. Is but there, they win a lot more often than they don't. Is there much more of a likable coach in college athletics than somebody like Tony Bennett? Or are there other people that you can like more than him? Especially in college basketball, where let's face it, there are some shady characters and there are people that think there are some wicked deals that are happening under the table whether it's a Rick Patino, John Calipari, in a lot of people's minds, Bill Self, I know. Roy Williams, yeah. Mike Shashevsky, Tom Izzo. We can keep going up and down the list. Yeah. Then you have Tony Bennett, who seems like Mr. All-American. Mm-hmm. Nice guy. Clean cut. Yeah. No ties. He's I got love, his collar popped like Steve Love. Love the no tie look. Yeah. There's just something about 
Tony Bennett. His personality, his mannerisms. I know everybody was giving Tom Izzo a really hard time a couple of weeks ago for his reaction to a player and the way that he got on him. And I'm not saying that Tom Izzo's a bad guy because he does that, or I'm not saying that Tony Bennett is not a good guy because he doesn't do that. But Tony Bennett seems like such a calm figure. Right. And that everything he does, he's so stoic with it. And part of it's probably having a dad who was a legendary basketball coach right. and growing up around the game. But yeah. if I had a kid, which I really hope I don't right now, <laughs> if I had a kid and he was a great athlete, which I can't imagine will happen, and they were saying, okay, where do you want your kid to go play basketball? I don't love the style of play that Virginia has, but if you were going to send him to a coach to make them a better man, I think I would choose Tony Bennett. And that's why he's never going to get the, you know, the first team McDonald's All-American because they don't play a style that, you know, they don't play a style that showcases a player for the NBA. Although I think DeAndre Hunter, I think Kyle Guy, I think Ty Jerome, they could all make somebody's roster at some point. Now, we're saying all these very positive things about Virginia, and good for them for winning a championship. It's a great basketball program that has been good for a long time, and they couldn't even get over the hump when they had Ralph Sampson back in the day. Right. And the ACC was really good then, too. But we also have to give a lot of credit to Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. And the way that they have gone about things and done them, too, where Chris Beard, we talked about it on the show yesterday, he was coaching it. Fort Scott Community College 20 years ago. Yeah. He's bounced around in all these different places. He's done his time. Well, he was and a- another guy that you would want to lead your kids is Chris Beard yeah. and the Texas Tech program. Right. And he wasn't he an assistant at Texas Tech? He left for Vegas, but then the Texas Tech job came open and he went back to Texas Tech. I was thinking he... I don't know if he was at Vegas. He was at Little Rock. I he thought, was at the University of Arkansas. Okay, I thought, he, I thought he got hired at Vegas and then took it back or something like that. I could be wrong. I don't know about that, but he was at University of Arkansas Little Rock. Right. And they had an upset in the NCAA tournament. I believe they were a 14 seed, and they won their first game. And the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, Steve, coming from somebody from the great state of Arkansas, mm-hmm. that is not a basketball powerhouse. No. It is very hard to recruit people to want to go play for you at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. And I believe he was only there for one year. And they made it to the tournament and won a game. Yeah. Chris Beard might be the best up-and-coming coach. I think Tony Bennett can't really be in that category. Yeah, because they've been because there. he's been there and yeah. they've done that. They've yeah, but been Texas good. Tech until last year was, you know, they weren't on the map anywhere. And Jay Wright was almost in that conversation five years ago before they finally broke through to the Final Four. They finally won their championship. But Chris Beard appears to be that guy who has got this program in the right direction. And you get the feeling here the next couple of days that Texas Tech is going to say, okay, Coach Beard, how much? Money we've got a check here. Yeah, fill it in. What would you like? Exactly. <laughs> fill it out. And we'll, and we'll figure it out. They'll find the boosters to pay for it. Did you enjoy seeing Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on the big screen last night, Steve? I didn't. I guess I missed Travis Kelsey. I saw Patrick. He Mahomes. was with them all weekend. Oh, okay. I, Pat, uh, How'd you miss Travis Kelsey? The because big I was. Six foot six, 270 pound guy. Because I was fixated on Mahomes and. Flex, he was flexing. And, and his biceps. Oh, yeah. Did you see his Texas Tech shirt that he was wearing? No. So Texas Tech is an Under Armour school, and Patrick Mahomes is sponsored by Adidas. Ooh, can't do that. So he took like a, 
hi, my name is name tag type of sticky note that you put, put on it your over shirt. <laughs> and his girlfriend wrote Adidas yeah, over the logo. <laughs> there, there were a lot of great shots of those two. And there was a shot of Patrick Mahomes and all of his friends celebrating. And then there's Travis Kelsey with a big Coors Light and just chugging for about <laughs> 10 seconds. There, there were a lot of great shots. I'm sure shots. the Chiefs love that. It made me very happy, Steve, as a Chiefs fan. When was the last time that Chiefs players were as in the public eye as they are right now. Well, Patrick Mahomes has changed the whole culture of the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the NFL he is right the, now. Yeah, he's the Chiefs. He is the Chiefs. What a fun championship game, a fun month of March, a fun beginning to the month of April with March Madness, April Madness. We're all behind, and it's been a very confusing last couple of weeks of being a week behind, but yeah. I'm going to miss college basketball, Steve. Well, I don't know if you will because... You were so frustrated with your Kansas Jayhawks all year, <laughs> but I'm gonna miss it. Well, it just—it's the season that never ends. It's like the NBA. It just—you know—they—they they start practice like October 1st, and now we're, you know, we're, uh, in, we're in April. So it's a very long season. Steve, let's take our first break. I've got a topic that I want to address with you that we haven't talked about this before, but I want to see what you think about this. And we'll talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. So back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, did you enjoy a little little Skinner? Oh, yeah. So now Freebird has to be next. Maybe I'll play a little Freebird for you. It'll just take like three hours <laughs> to get the to the problem. intro. That's right. Well, Steve, we're, we're bummed that college basketball is over. Do you remember our, according to Jim, bracket challenge? Yeah. Well, the winner is somebody that I don't know who it is. Okay. And I think they used a nickname, so we have no way of contacting this person. Okay. But Sudi won, as in like Sadie with mm-hmm. a U. They were okay. the winner. Okay. They picked Virginia to win. Really? Okay. You're pretty impressed. I am. I'm, so whoever... But they were a one seed, so it's not like it was a shock. Whoever Sue D1 is, you're welcome to have your moment in the in the, in the the sunshine, in the spotlight. Where did, you, we, where did we finish? Well, we didn't do quite as great, Steve. Yeah. I, I will tell you that. So Steve finished with 750 points, while Sue D1, I think, had 1,300. Ooh. I had 600 points. Yeah. It was, it was not or great. Even the top, we weren't even the top 10. It wasn't great. God, and I was in first place after going into the Sweet 16. Yeah, you had 15 of the Sweet 16 teams in. Yeah, Casey says that she had a pretty good bracket as well. I think she finished fourth. Is that right? She picked Gonzaga to win. Yeah. So a tough break there, but solid bracket. Yeah. Not by us, though. No. Well, I've never, I've never done well. And, of course, tomorrow... We picked the Masters. That's true. And I'm trying to repeat as champion. Yeah, you are. And I just don't – I always pick almost an all-foreign team for my Masters team because it all comes down to putting, and it just seems like foreign players putt better than the Americans. Just look at the Ryder Cup because that's what it comes down to. But I just don't do very well and stuff like that. 
We're going to have Treg Fall on the show tomorrow, Steve. Did you know that? Mm-mm. He's going to give us a little Masters preview. Okay. I'm sure he's got the greens out at Turkey Creek rolling at the same speed. They were pretty quick this weekend. On the- Augusta National. Yeah. Well, Steve, the conversation I wanted to have with you, it might confuse you a little bit. Have you been following with what's been happening with former Steelers and now current Oakland Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown I have, and he's, he's current been, Steeler Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah, basically, I think, doesn't Juju Smith-Schuster say Antonio Brown just shut up is basically was what he's saying. A little bad, bit of Bad it. teammate and diva and all this kind of stuff. So Juju made a couple of comments and was making remarks about the situation and Antonio Brown decided to fire back and say, yeah, some leader you are. You were fumbling the ball all over the place in week 17 or in the playoffs, and yeah, you're not any good. So they were going back and forth, and people were kind of going, all right, Antonio Brown, you need to back down. This He's a younger player. You're supposed to be the veteran. And there were obviously some problems with the Steelers' locker room, whether it was Ben Roethlisberger, whether it was Antonio Brown, whether it was Le'Veon Bell. And I feel like for the most part... Le'Veon Bell was not the biggest problem. Well, he wasn't there. In that locker room. He just wasn't there. I think people were probably upset with him that he was not there, but he was not the problem. And I think it's beginning to be very clear here. And I think that it was Antonio Brown and Big Ben that were the two problems. Yeah. And we mentioned this sort of Twitter dispute. People were popping off at each other on Twitter. That's what Steve does all the time as well. I don't do Twitter. Well, on Instagram, which I don't have. I don't do I don't do any of that stuff. Antonio Brown then took a screenshot. Do you know what that is? Yeah. You take a picture of what the screen says. Yeah. Of a conversation and a message that Juju Smith Schuster sent to Antonio Brown about four years ago while he was in college. And it said something along the lines of, Hey Antonio, I think you're a great player. I'm a receiver at USC. I'm trying to make my way up and be in the league. Do you have any advice for me? I'd love to be able to talk with you sometime. I hope to be as good as you. And Antonio Brown then posted that out and said, oh, well, what a tough guy he was. How how big of a loser does make this make him look? Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of going, why are, you, why are you posting that? So my overall message here with this, Steve, is how big of a villain do you think Antonio Brown is making himself out to be? I think he's coming off looking like an idiot. Because it's not looking good for it's him. It's a bad look for him. He He's a great receiver, but it's just to me, he's more interested about the numbers he puts up and rather than how the team's doing. I know he always comes off and says, you know, he's a team guy. He's not a team guy. He's a guy that wants, you know, he wants to be the to put up the biggest numbers. Win or lose, he wants his numbers. So but the thing with him and Big Ben, I really don't understand because Big Ben targeted Antonio Brown a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot. He gave him every chance in the world to put up those big numbers. So the Steelers are a dysfunctional unit. They really are. How close do you think the Steelers are for having their run come to an end? Because I feel like we could have been having the same conversation 15 years ago about the Packers and saying, all right, when is this team going to stop winning? And they have almost hit that spot now. Oh, Pittsburgh. Without Bell's gone, Brown's gone, Ben is basically... How many years does he have left? Two? Three? Oh, I don't think he's got three. I This might be it for him. He's beat up. Uh, they still have a good running back. they got a decent defense. But I think their Super Bowl window was open, and I think it's closed now. 
What do you think of Mike Tomlin as a head coach? Because I know there's always a lot of questions that surround him. And maybe this is all the players and Mike Tomlin does the best that he can to try and tell these guys to shut up and go stand in their own corners. But do you think a lot of this comes down to him? Well, I like Mike Tomlin. I really, I think, I think he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Uh, you know, when he talks about his guys after the game, but uh, I, th- I still think he had an awful lot of bad apples in that locker room, and I think you know he's gotten rid of two of them. Well, he didn't get rid of them. They basically, you know, left they, on their own. Yeah, one left on their own. The other got traded. But I'll be interested to see what the chemistry is this year. And I, I don't think you're going to hear near as many problems coming out of Pittsburgh as you've heard the last two or three years. Here's my final thought on this. All those big-name Steelers players, they were big names. They were starting to move into the mainstream popular culture. Antonio Brown, Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell. Do you fear, as a Chiefs fan, that these young guys that are in the spotlight could get into this type of a mode? Or do you think that these Chiefs guys are a little different, I whether think it's big, Mahomes or I, Kelsey? I think Big Red has things under control. But going back to Antonio Brown, what happens if the Raiders start off like one and six? Antonio Brown will lose. What a his, shame that would be. Antonio Brown will lose his mind. And, you know, Derek Carr is okay, but he's not as good as Ben Roethlisberger. So Antonio Brown, if he's not getting his numbers, but he's got his money. I guess that's all he really cares about is the money. So, if you know, if he's not putting his numbers up, he won't be a very happy guy. Do you get a little bit afraid of Patrick Mahomes being in the big-time spotlight? I know he signed another, or signed another big endorsement deal yesterday with Essentia Water. You ever drink that? No. You should start now that he's the ambassador for it. But he's getting all these massive contracts. He's on TV 24-7. He's going on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Well, as long Do as you th- fear for that? Um, I just I think he's spreading himself a little too thin. He's, he's gotten kind of caught up in the celebrity aspect of it but I think when he steps between the lines I think he'll be all right because he's just he's a special talent he's solid Steve let's take our final break we'll preview what's coming up today might even if we have enough time talk about the Royals they've been really good yikes (laughs) we'll we'll be back after this you're listening to according to Jim 96.7 FM KBBE you're listening to the according to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim. Freebird. By request for Steve <laughs> Sell. The only problem is that he doesn't have headphones on and can't hear it still being played behind me. But I'll give you a little heads up whenever it starts to wail a little bit. Okay. You feel pretty good about it? I feel good about Freebird. What's your favorite? Give me top three Leonard Skinner songs. Uh, Tuesday's Gone. Oh, that is a good one. Freebird. Okay. Sweet Home Alabama. Or give me two more. Um, is, give, is, give me, is, give me three steps. Oh, that was what I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what's the guy? What's the one about the old guy? I can't think what his name is. Casey would know. 
I th- she what about knows. Call Me the Breeze? No, that's you not You don't it. like that one? But that's not the one I was thinking of. What about Don't Ask Me No Questions? I like that. That's a, Mr. Banker. No. Made in the Shade. Preacher's Daughter. Traveling Man. What's Your Name? What's Your Name? I like that. What's Your Name? Yeah. yeah. Little Girl. Oh, yeah. I like that. I, that, 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 I just don't really see you sitting around at home listening but Tuesday's to that. Go- Tuesday's Gone is my favorite Skinner song. It's up there in Steve's top one well, of top, all time. Top no, top twenty. Solid. Yeah. Steve, are you excited for a little more bullpup sports today? It was sort oh, yeah. of a weird day. Yeah. Yesterday with a little bit of baseball and softball, and then diving into more of a full day today. Big day today. Bullpup soccer tonight at home against Augusta. We haven't done a soccer game in two almost, weeks. almost two weeks, right? Because we had a couple of baseball games last week in preparation for them to not be at home for much longer this season, but. They've won back-to-back games with relative ease. And tonight will be relative ease. And they already have an 8-0 win over this Augusta yeah, team that the, we'll see the, tonight. The, the goal tonight is to end the game by the goal rule. The goal for Steve, at least, is That's for them right. to do that. That's right. If it gets to about 8-0 right before the half, Steve's going to be phoning down to the sideline and say, Come on, get them going! <laughs> Come on! We've got to get out of here! I, I, I like that. When, when the Bullpups play teams that are overmatched, I like the game to end early. I don't like to see it drag on. Baseball and softball yesterday, Steve. Three out of four in terms of losses. It was one. Oh, Casey's got a message for you, Steve. Curtis Lowe. That's Curtis the, Lowe. That's the one I was thinking of. That's yeah. your good. Your, that's your right. other favorite song yeah. about the old man. Yeah. Casey was all over Oh, it. yeah. Especially because of road tripping. Oh, yeah. Saturday nights. Do you listen, Steve? Love road tripping. Chuck, my man Chuck. Chuck, yeah. He probably wasn't real thrilled with our Steelers conversation. Probably there. not. He, he he probably didn't like that. But looking forward to a couple of games tonight. Baseball yesterday, Steve. They split. Softball was swept. Trying to get those teams going a little bit and getting the bats going. They've got some time off. Right. But those teams, they're trying to get going. They've had a couple of good series, but they just can't find that sweep. They can't get things going over the top. Right. Right. But we've enjoyed watching them so far. Today, what all we got on deck today, Steve? Well, I know we got golf down at Newton. That's right. I think we have swimming, uh, where, Salina maybe? Newton. Newton, okay. And um, I think there's JV golf at Stafford. You know what that means? Elroy's. Elroy's Pizza, you bet. And is there one other event? Soccer, of course. I was trying to think if there's anything else today. I think that's it. There's no boys' tent. Oh, the boys don't play, I don't think, until the McPherson Invitational on Saturday. That's right. Steve, for anybody that's wondering about Bullpup Sports or anything else going on in the area, please Mid- direct them to where they should go. MidKansasOnline.com. And we also have, we got about three magazines, I believe, left up front. So the spring sports magazines, they have gone like hotcakes. Tuesday's gone with the wind, and so are Steve Sells' MidKansas that's Sports right. Magazine. That's right. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk to Trek Fall about the Masters coming up. We'll get all of his predictions. This is your complete Masters preview. It's almost like we are at Augusta National. It's that in-depth. And the greens at Turkey Creek are about like the greens at Augusta. They are they're looking good. They're running quick. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. 
Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well, I guess it's